You're listening to the Church Members Podcast, and I'm your host, Jesse Bragg. Boom, here we go. <laughs> Another episode of the Church Members Podcast. We have a special guest with us today, Miss Lindsay Martin. She's one of our church members here at Grace Baptist Church, and uh, been excited about this one. And so we talked a little bit today, um, trying to get her to open up about her story. Now she has a very, um, very unique story. Um, a lot of ups and downs, Lots. good times, bad times. <laughs> yes. And so, um, but we'll start off, uh, maybe just give us a little general information about yourself. Married. Yes. To one of our, yes. uh, one of our staff guys here at church, Christopher. And, uh, Christopher is, uh, has grown up here essentially. You mm-hmm. have too. Yeah. Um, just had a baby. Yes. Little Easton. Yes. And yeah. then we have a crazy toddler. Yep. <clears throat> How old is Colton? He will be three in April. And he is, uh, he is in that <laughs> terrible twos, right? <laughs> he is. <But> he, <laughs> and, uh, Miss Lindsay, stay at home mom. Yeah. Takes care Very of those babies. Very blessed to be able home. to do that. Yeah. So. And so Brother Christopher works real hard to be able to make that happen and we're, and, uh, we're grateful for that. And she's, uh, she's, uh, trying to recover still, I guess. How old is Easton? He's only almost four weeks, four weeks old, brand new baby. So we're glad to have, have Easton with us. And, uh, so if you, so if you would, now we talked about this earlier. And as much detail as you would like to go into, um, okay. it's, it's totally up to you. But, uh, if you want, if you would just give us a, just give us a history, uh, about yourself, maybe where you were born, um, you know, your family and, you know, maybe going into foster care, that kind of thing. If you would just tell your, tell us your story. Okay. Um, well, the first time I um, went into foster care, I was actually right out of the hospital, um, which I don't really remember, but I, I, I know from, like, people telling us that was the first time. It was a bad situation from the beginning, but um, I was born at Gwinnett Medical Center in Lawrenceville, and uh, there the doctors kind of seen some things were off or whatever, had people come in and investigate and whatnot from what I was told. And then I was placed into a foster home for about four months. Um, and then the state decided to give my parents another chance. Um, so the things so that they saw was that substance like, abuse, like drug, they drugs. could see like there was like my mom, she was really young and she had like, needle marks on her arms and things of abuse like with my, you know. Just my bi- telltale signs. Yeah, of, my of biological abuse. dad being abusive towards her. Right. Um, things like that. Uh, just the whole thing, um, as how my grandmother told me, it was just off. Mm-hmm. So that went on and... Um, so you said, you said four, four... I was four months old. Four months old. Yeah, and then I went back. 
And so I don't really remember all that much, but like I know there's good pictures of me from like that stage all the way up, like happy memories, you know. Right. Um, so from zero to four, you were in foster care. Four months. Yes. Zero to four yes. months. And you went home. Yes. And so now you're you're at home and, and there are good memories. from Yeah, like could, pictures and things like that. Good memories from things like that and whatnot. Um, I know, uh, there was baby pictures of me and like, so some of that I know my, was my grandmother, mm-hmm. my dad's mom and dad, um, because I was, so to speak, there, just everything. Yeah. So that. So luck- you did have some love coming from that. Yeah, I did. And then, uh, my, probably, and I know it's crazy, but. Apparently, when traumatic things happen to you, you can be as young as four or five years old and remember them. Sure, yeah. You can't really remember the good ones, unfortunately, as you can like traumatic. Right. So, I remember the worst, um, the first like bad thing that had happened was I was about four or five years old. And... All of a sudden, I just, I got to where I could take care of myself, mm-hmm. and I started being a problem. Um, Like, my mom was really mean to me. Uh, she, I mean, she would be passed out on the couch drunk, or have, like, needles, you know, just doing drugs, and they did cocaine, and I mean, anything in the book you you name it they they did and she was young my dad was older um I was told at five years old I was a mistake that I was never meant to be here um you know that if she would have known that if she was pregnant with me before the time frame then she could have had an abortion and mm. all this. I mean, at five years old. And they're telling you this. Stuff, yes, yeah. at five years old. I mean, I was called names. Mm. You know, it was just it was just a bad experience. Well, then my grandparents decided to step in, and they got me. <clears throat> and I had other siblings by then, and my other siblings were treated like. I mean, they wasn't treated as bad as I was. Um, was I, your dad in the home much? Was he there much or? Off and on. Off and on. Um, it was, it was kind of like they were just there if they were there. There was times I was five and six years old, I was there by myself. Right. Like mm-hmm. they would just leave and yeah. I would be there just by myself. By yeah. Wow. Um, I know at one point, um, I didn't get taken away at this point because I was living with my grandparents by then. Um, they had stepped in and pretty much taken me over, uh, taken me to their house and like pretty much raised me at like four, four and a half or five. But like when I was around my parents, that's how they treated me. And it was pretty much after the situation of me being left at home. My grandpa was like, yeah. no more. Yeah. So. Uh, and they wasn't going to fight them over it because it was 
their word about leaving a five-year-old right. at home versus the state, and they didn't want, you know. And probably just the. They didn't want defects. The responsibility and, of having to take care of you and stuff, mm-hmm. too. Kind yeah, of. they didn't care. I mean, it was all about them. Right. It was whatever was just fits them. They didn't care. I, maybe I shouldn't say it, but I feel like they should have never been parents. Um, some people are just not meant to be parents and that's just, yeah. Yeah. So, um, lived with my grandparents, I had siblings, um, my sisters, defects got involved again. I did not get taken away this time because I was not living there, but defects got involved because a neighbor had told them that there was no running water and no power or anything in the trailer. And it was in the wintertime, and it was freezing cold. So this is where you lived? No, this is where... Your mom and That's mom. where my sisters were at first. Okay. So I was with my grandparents at, by this time. And your sisters were in the home, mm-hmm. no water, no heat, mm-hmm. none of that. Did yeah, in, with, in the with holes in the floor that you could fall through. I mean, yeah. it was bad. <laughs> um, and defects did reach... Like they called my grandparents because they knew the kind of the situation is from what I can gather. And then, but they were like, well, she's really not in any danger since she's, since y'all are her guardians, we're just not. So there again, they took my sisters and then I call it stupid, but you know, they gave them another chance a couple months later and gave their kids back. So where did your sisters go from there? They just they, went to a foster home? They went to a foster home with um, some family relatives. And uh, from there, they were there for a few months. Well, then I was in school by this time. And my... Some things were going on at home with my sisters. And there was question about some physical abuse and some sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. And it was very traumatic because it was coming from people that were, so to speak, supposed to care for us versus hurt us. Right. So it hurt all of us in, in that way. And we were at school and my sisters were at school and... There again, defects come in for a visit. They stopped by the principal's office, called everybody up. Even though I was not living with my mom and dad by this time, I was living with my grandparents. I still went to the same school as my sisters. Mm -hmm. So like I would see them at school. They would get on the bus and go back to their house. And then was that weird? It was weird. I mean, it was strange. Siblings, but you. It was very strange, and the whole relationship. I I like blame my mom and my dad, and then also my grandmother. Um, Mm -hmm. not really as much as my papa as my grandmother, but when my sisters would come over to the house, she would not treat like when they would come over to see me. Yeah. At the house, it was different. My grandmother was mean to my sisters, mm. like mean, treated me like royalty, which at the time I didn't see a problem with. I didn't see as that being an issue. I didn't see her, so to speak, verbally abusing them, you know, and kind of hurting them. 
I just seen it as I was her favorite. You know, I was young. I just, it just didn't make sense. But then, so it made them hate me and it made me have a resent, like a resentfulness towards them because they were treated better by our parents than I ever was. Right. Um, I do remember it was in the process of like, for some reason I had went back to them for a few weeks or something. I can't remember exactly why, but we had got our report cards, just an example. And my sister's report card was horrible, horrible. And I had all A's. I was just, I was excited about it. I was like, this is great. And I got to the house and Samantha went in and showed hers to my mom. And my mom was like, oh, it's okay. You know, smart, school's for smart people and they never go anywhere in life, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And I showed them. Or Samantha was like, well, you got to see Lindsay's. And I kind of was already terrified as it was because anything yeah. good that I ever did always ended in like a punishment. Right. And it was kind of backwards. Um, so lo and behold, she's like, show me your report card. And I was like, I don't, you know, I, I don't know where it's at. I lied. I knew where it was, but she was like, show me your report card. So she goes looking through it and I got spanked with a belt hard for getting all A's on my report card. Mm. And my sister's got taken out for ice cream. Mm. Wow. It was, it was just little things like that. Yeah. But then when, I don't know why, I can't remember why I was even back. But then when I got back to Mama and Papa's, we went to North Carolina on a vacation trip because he was proud of me for, you know, so it was, it was just, it yeah. was a mess from the beginning. So at this point, you're probably what? How old do you think? Uh, seven, eight. Seven or eight. Um, so. Which is the last time I went into foster care. That was the so. So, what started that was the allegations with my sisters, and then defects come in and questioned all of us at the school, separate. And defects twisted some words that I said about my grandfather. Hmm. Um, and that is how I got taken back into the system initially. And we were placed with family members. And from there, it was downhill. From from there, pretty much, is um, when other stuff started happening and things like that. So, I had, school had called. I had told them about, my grandpa would come in at night and have to tickle me to death to get me to lay down and go to sleep. And they twisted it. Mm-hmm. And so, they took it as sexual abuse towards him on that side towards me and that's initially what pulled me back into foster care Mm. from there i was placed with family members for a few for a little bit and then from there just jump foster homes i think one time you told me a story about i think it was i think it was you and correct me if i'm wrong Mm -hmm. and if this is wrong we'll edit it out but was there like a a place in 
and you're in one of the trailers that you were living in, I want to say there was like a vent or something that you would lay next to a vent or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. Tell just tell about that or why that was like a special place or I mean it just or or something maybe about some there was like some stars like you could see out through the Okay, the, so on the back of the trailer there was a like a it was supposed to be a porch, but it had been closed in. And it was a hole in the roof and I would lay back there and just look at the stars. Um, it just made me feel comfortable and it made me feel safe. And I would just kind of go hide and not be found for which they didn't really come looking for me anyway, but it was just, just a comfort thing. And so you just lay out there on, in this room. I had like a little, like, um, that, I want to say it was like a futon. <laughs> Or something, sofa bed that was out there. Because it was our play. Like, we had made that, like, our play area with, like, dolls and stuff like that. And, yeah, I just lay there. Um, and it was just peaceful and yeah, just... Place to escape, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And it was it was literally just supposed to be a porch. But it was built on to the back of it. I mean, you had to step over a hole to get back there. but Because yeah. there was a few of those. But, um so when so when you were put back in the foster care system from the allegations and the you know mm-hmm. stories about your grandpa, which you you know is not true, but it just no. the system twisted things, mm-hmm. and maybe even who knows what was said elsewhere well, they knew uh, things that were going on by my dad and his friends and things like that with my siblings, and then. Well, you almost, I hate that your grandpa got accused of something like that, but you almost want to say, you know, maybe they were grasping for straws to just get mm-hmm. you out. Yeah. Make sure you were safe, too. Yeah. So, you know, maybe that was. Because, it. I mean, the some of the sexual things did happen to us. I'm not going to lie. It's part of my life. And it's the reason I am the way I am today. I have told, um, I, I'll get into this in a minute, but I've told actually my story to some teenage girls in the youth group here mm-hmm. when we were at a youth conference and it actually opened up some doors for some things where what they didn't feel comfortable talking about. And from then I kind of figured out that there was a reason I went through what I went through, even if it was to help somebody else. Yeah. And that's just how you got to look at it. Well, you know, uh, the, you know, the Bible tells us that, you know, what the devil means for ba- bad, God can obviously take it and make something good out of it, mm-hmm. which is the which is the goal of this podcast mm-hmm. for young girls that maybe are in your situation right now mm-hmm. that don't know what to do. They don't know what to say. They don't know where to go. And they wonder, is there hope? Can I make it out? Yeah. But obviously... If you look at your life now and look at your picture of great husband, two wonderful kids serving mm-hmm. in the local church, that it can be done. It can. It, it can and happen. you've got to want it. You've got to want to get out of it too, so to speak. Right. And um, yeah, because I mean, you, you still can also have some you can also repeat still, the history. You right. know, repeat the chain. Right. 
So, so once you went back into foster care, tell us, you know, leading up into your teenage years and how you met Todd and Cindy. Okay. So after that, I was placed with some family. Um, and then, um, then we were, I was sent to a group home after that. There's five of us kids all together, five of us girls all together. And the plan was for all of us to be adopted together. That was what DFACS wanted. They had it five sibling group. I was the oldest, then my sister Samantha, um, Sarah, and then um, Mary, and then Brandy. Um, so, and that's really hard to do to, to get a family to take all five. Um, so they found somewhere in New York that was supposed to take us mm. and it fell through. Um, and I'm glad it fell through, but it was still like, it was just fighting tooth and nail to try to figure out somewhere for all of us to go. Finally, they split us all up and I ended up with a lady, um, that actually ended up adopting my two younger sisters later on. I was her first foster child. She had never had a foster child before. She had done a re one respite like um thing for, you know, for a weekend kind of thing. And then she decided she wanted to do fostering herself. So I was with her for three years. Um, but during that time frame... I used to go to Midway Christian Church um, mm -hmm. with her because that's where she was a member of. And then I was um, I was put in like a uh, like on a respite thing um, for foster care or whatever. And I ended up going to well, that was after. But before that, before I went to Kelly, I actually ended up being placed one night with a lady named uh, Robin Rivera. Her and her husband, Marcus, used to go to Grace. They were, they come to Grace and their teenage son was here at Grace. And, um, I actually ended up there one night and that's where I met Jessica. Mm-hmm. She was um, babysitting for them one night. So I met, like, I met her there. Well, then I started coming to church here, which is where I met um, everybody else. Yeah. And then after that, Marcus and them decided they couldn't keep me or whatever. And that's when I went to Kelly. Smith that I was saying the lady that yeah so um but within that time frame I had gotten really close to everybody here I was eight at the time um I was I didn't want to get super close because of things that yeah, had right went on in my I had very I had issues trusting mm -hmm. people. Of course, yeah. Um I had issues opening up to people. Right. I kinda stayed off to myself. I wanted to, you know and then I 
Just, well, you in your mind, you're thinking, okay, th- could this really be my opportunity to have my own place to fit in? Yeah. But it's like you almost wait at any moment when, for the rug to just be pulled. Yeah, out. like I was, and it even goes as far as like with Miss Beth, so to speak. I she had she was teaching Sunday school upstairs at the time, mm-hmm. and the first Sunday that I was here at the church for the first time. I was kind of mean to her. I so I remember, you know, she was asking me some questions and I just was like, leave me alone. Like I just did not. Mm. So I just kind of set off to myself and whatnot. And I tell her that all the time and she laughs. She's like, I don't remember that. How do you remember that? But I just, I just do. Um, and then the following Sunday is when I actually got saved. So, so you were eight ups- years old mm-hmm. cool. upstairs. Yeah. That's awesome. I remember it. Miss Beth had the little room set up up there and the windows. And then there was like a little flower pot thing under the window. And I was sitting over there. And I think that stuff's still there. It probably is. I think, uh, <laughs> I think yeah. Brother Mike uses that for the boys' room now. <laughs> but yeah. So there was just something she said and just, I guess, triggered and like caught my heart, so to speak, that, that one Sunday. And when she asked if everybody knew that, you know, where they were going, just if all the girls knew where they were going, convicted um, your heart. It, yeah. I mean, I just was like, no, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Can you talk to me about that? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> let's fix this. But, so at this point, you were living with Kelly. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I was still with Marcus and Robin. Okay. Um, but then they had, I wasn't with them long though, but during the time of me being with Marcus and Robin, I got really close to Todd and Cindy. Right. Um, and that's when they got really upset when Marcus and Robin ended up saying they couldn't keep me no more. And then I went with to Kelly and after that they were living in Auburn and it took a little bit, but Kelly ended up being okay with them coming by and getting me and bringing me to church and things like that. Yeah. So I was still able to come to church because that was one thing that I was super upset about because I had gotten, like I said, I had gotten here. to where I had kind of started to open up and, yeah. you know, get close to some people. Not really completely all that close, but just enough just to let them in and yeah. like, you know. Starting to get yeah. gain their trust. And, and then I got taken away and moved yeah. to somewhere else and it kinda just kinda rewinded everything and I thought nobody really wanted me and that I was a problem and So what which I was gonna ask you that, what what were some of the struggles mentally that you dealt with being in foster care? In and out, moved around, you know, like what what were some of the struggles you had then, and what are some of the things that you still deal with now, now as a result of those things? Honestly, the trust thing. Trust, yeah. Um, the trusting, um, that was that was a big thing. Trusting where I was going to be. Trusting who was going to be taking care of me. What are their intentions? I mean, are they, what... 
Why are they are they Why, doing this to do, be? Are they doing this to to help or to, to hurt? help? Are they yeah. doing this to hurt? Are they doing this for them? Are they doing this for me? Um, do they really want me? You know, why did this person, I mean, that I thought things were going so good with, just all of a sudden, yeah. we can't keep you anymore. Yeah. Um, I got, I'll be honest, I got hurt by Marcus and Robin. I really did. Um, and we've, I've talked to her about that. I'm friends with her on Facebook and, you know, things didn't happen the way that I thought they were supposed to happen for a reason. Right. Um, well, in the, in the looking back now, you can know that God was in control. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because after after I got, even after I got with Kelly's for three years, I was there. I thought that things were good. That's when I was sent to Colum- uh, Columbus, Georgia in a group home. After How that, old were you then? Um, this is after you got saved. and Yeah. This was right. after. I was here and got So you're saved. probably what, like ten? Yeah, 10 or somewhere 11? somewhere in that. And then How long did you stay in the group home? It was a year, year and a half. Were your Something sister like where that. were your sisters during this time? They were just wherever. So Samantha was sent to a family in Rutledge. Sarah was in a psychiatric hospital on all different kind of medications um, because, unfortunately, that's what the system tries to do is label people with, right. you know, everything. And so that was pretty much I never luckily I never got put on anything, but it really messed her up and yeah. Samantha up or whatever. And at the time, Mary was with a lady in Bethlehem and. Um, Brandy, my youngest sister, was with um, Kelly um, Smith still. So um, she uh, she ended up having her from the time she was like little. So and she never went anywhere else. So that's the only mama she's ever known. And then um, shortly after the lady in Bethlehem couldn't keep Mary anymore, Kelly filed to get her and she ended up getting her or whatever. Right. So two of my siblings were with Kelly but um, the other two were just kind of yeah, scattered. Well, then when I was at the group home um, in Columbus, Marcus and Robin had reached back out again and told me that they wanted to adopt me. Um, started doing visits. I started coming visits and whatnot. And then the day, about a year later, they had come down there, did special family things with me. Um, they were just trying to get their duck. They said they were trying to get their ducks in a row, yada, yada, yada. And the day that they were supposed to come get me from the group home, I had had my bag pa- bags packed and everything. She called me and said that they've decided they can't. Mm. And it hurt me. Oh, I'm sure. And then I was transferred from Columbus to another group home in LaGrange. That was for teenagers that they were trying to get ready to transfer into like a, um, up on the hill, they had another area in, in the group home that was pretty much like 
transferring them into like being on their own. Essentially, yeah. The, the, yeah. The, you're coming of age. They're getting mm-hmm. transitioning you into. So at this at this point in the foster care system, it looks like nobody's going to take this girl. Yep. And so we're just going to start preparing her to put her out on the street. Pretty essentially. much. So this is. I was in a group home in Lagrange with a bunch of other girls that were in my situation, and I pretty much had just written everybody off because I didn't trust anybody for real after that happened. I'm sure with them because it 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 hurt me. I mean yeah. it it hurt me a lot. So so from there, where did how did you end up back in Monroe at Todd and Cindy Martin's house? They reached out <laughs> to. They reached out to DFACS and they looked for me and you got to think about the heart that they have. They went through everything for, them, for this, for this little girl to show up at church and because they had had foster kids before and yeah. their home had clo- like, you have to have home studies. So right. like so often. So they had to go through a whole nother like home study just to get you back. So it, Yeah. It was it I mean, was insane. And that shows you, I mean, to and think then, of the love they had for you. Oh, I was so excited. I, I was I was skeptical, but I was excited because we had had like we didn't have cell phones in the in the group home or whatever because we were still we wasn't in that older area yet. So we were still in school and we still went to like the schools um, and then rode the bus and they tried to make it as normal as possible for us. Right. While we were there, mm-hmm. um, the, the two staff that were there, there was only two people there with all of us girls at all, you know, pretty much all times. They took us to the mall, things like that. Well then we would have phone visits though. And we could have like logs and whatnot. And the night they called me and was talking to me, I, I had not forgot about them at all, but I thought everybody had forgotten about me. Yeah. Um, and then we started doing like where they come down and would get me in the first, I literally about broke, yeah, <laughs> broke their legs when the first, when they first come down by running the force of running and hugging them or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Cause I was so excited. It was somebody that, I had gotten really close familiar, to, yeah. and I was, I, I had gotten really close to, and I was familiar with. And you thought, man, there's hope that I might make it out of here. Yeah, yeah. But, at, but also in the back of my mind, I was also, when you go through raising yourself, so to speak, it's hard to fully let someone else jump in. Yeah. And like, you know. Have control. Yeah, because it's like, Okay, well, why are you trying to tell me how to do anything? I've literally already, you know, yeah. you didn't want to be that way, but there was just a part of me also that was like, okay. It's like a yes. d- defense mechanism. Yeah, I mean, it was like, okay, yes, they're there, but there again. Why? Where is, yeah. can can I trust this? What's the outcome of this? Yeah. Are they, you know. What are their intentions? What are, yeah. yeah. And so, um so from there, you you they they did all the steps to get mm-hmm. you, and then they, you moved in with them. Yeah, yeah. What was age actually, was that? You think fifteen? Was two thousand? 
14, 15, something like that. Yeah. And so that's when you came back to Grace. I had, yeah, I had. As a teenager. Yeah, I had, um, I was doing actually home visits and um, whatnot. And we had, they were taking me back um, to the Grange and we call it our spot. But we stopped at a quick trip. Actually, in um, Conyers, we stopped at a quick trip, Mm -hmm. and on the way back to LaGrange, and uh, I think it was like a, I wanted an icy or something, uh, an apple icy, the blue and green icy. I was very specific, but for some reason, I was fine, and then all of a sudden, I just started crying, and I did not want to go back. And they didn't make me. They called my caseworker at that. Like, mama was like, I am not taking her back. Like, no, she's not. She doesn't want to go back. We're not. And they were like, you need to bring your back. Yada, yada, yada. We'll we'll work all this out. And she's like, I'm not bringing her back. (laughs) I will contact her caseworker and we will go from there. And that's pretty much. That was it. That was it. We, so. Um, but yeah, I just all of a sudden broke down and yeah, mama being strong willed like she is, she was like, I am not bringing yeah. her back. Y'all take that up with her <laughs> yeah. caseworker. But so then, and then from there, that's where you, you met Christopher and, no. um, you guys, you guys, uh, grew up together, got married and, um, have been a part of grace ever since. Pretty much. It was a short time where you guys left for a little while. Yeah. And then, but. Uh, but you're back now and, uh, everything's going good. And like I said, Christopher's kind of one of our staff guys here who helps us make, helps me make, make decisions. (laughs) And, um, he heads up our hospitality and visitation and all that. And you help, I'm sure help with all that. I do. And so we're, you know, it's a, it's an amazing story how, uh, I think of mainly I just think of the word redemption, you know, how the Lord took this little girl from where were you, where was this Gwinnett County? Well, right? I was I was born in Gwinnett, but I was it was actually in Barrow County all of so, it happened. So, so Barrow County, yep. Georgia. Yep. Tossed around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Abuse. Of every <laughs> and, any level. And then and just takes this little girl and, and to Columbus, Georgia, LaGrange, which if people are watching don't know where that's at, that's two total opposite directions of each other. And, mm-hmm. and, and through a, through a couple, one couple that had a heart that loved you and it truly loved me and did what it took to get you back. And the Lord obviously put that in their heart, mm-hmm. you know. But one thing I on this podcast, and we'll wrap it up, but one thing I always ask the guests that come on, if you could say one thing to one girl right now that is in your situation, anywhere, you know, a lot of people are going to listen to this. If you could say one thing to one young boy or one young girl that is sitting in a foster home or maybe they're they have been through the foster care system or they're in a home right now, what what is one thing you would say to them if you had the opportunity? 
don't give up. I mean, that would, that's the only thing I can really say in, in one word, just keep fighting and decide yourself that you're going to better your situation. Yeah. You don't have to be a product mm-hmm. of you that. You don't, you don't. And it makes me, it makes me so sad because my siblings, yeah, they had every opportunity that I did. Right. I mean, they, they had every opportunity. And both of them are in jail right now for the fourth or fifth time and on drugs. And you can easily repeat the cycle, but you can easily not. Um, It's a a choice that you have to make. You know, that's one of the things that we can make excuses all day of, well, I didn't have this or I didn't have that. Or I was placed here, or I was taken away, or whatever. Or I was abused. And those things are terrible. They are. Yeah. You know, it's it's horrific that any child would would have to deal with what you dealt with. Mm-hmm. You know? And, but, but there is hope. And we obviously know that the Lord Jesus Christ is our hope. Mm-hmm. And I hope that any child that's going through this... W- can know that to put their faith and trust in the Lord and to keep their eyes on him and to trust him and to reach out. Don't, you know, if they're being abused or tell somebody, mm-hmm. you know, don't, don't, don't keep it in. Well, anyway, thank you, Miss Lindsay Martin for coming on our podcast. And this is the church members podcast and uh, join us next time on uh, another episode. Thank you.